When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Come meet me at the museum with Alan and Daniel. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. Everyone, come gather round. To your favorite sound, we'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. We'll talk the games and all the rest about the team that we love best. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. We're gonna talk about the Cardinals all night long. Good morning and welcome into another edition of Meet Me Usual. I'm your host, Daniel Shopta at C70. And with me, as always, Alan Medlock at Medlock one on the Twitters. Um, it's Saturday morning. The Cardinals are still losing, um, you know, but there are at least a few obvious things to talk about. So we don't have to like rehash what the Cardinals are going to do in the you know, the winner, although we may get to that too, because that's just the way it goes. Alan, the biggest news, obviously Mason Wynn makes his debut last night. Uh, Wynn has been, Wynn's been a story, especially in the second half, but most all year long, even if you go back to spring training um, and he's finally getting that shot, just where he can still have his eligibility for rookie of the year next year. Um, were you surprised when they called him up or were you surprised that, I mean, in the, in the regard that maybe you didn't expect him so soon? I, I'm glad that he was called up. So we couldn't just crumple this show up and launch it into the stands. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, we'll, it's Mason wins first show. So we'll get rid of it. Yeah. I mean, let's get it all over with the, um, no, I was glad that he was called up. I mean, we we've been talking about it for about a month, and it was it's one of those to where <laughs> we uh, you could. It, it's funny how the, contractually and in all that worked out to where the uh, I guess policy would be the the better word. Maybe I don't know. Uh, they played it almost through the second when he could get yeah. called up and uh, went ahead and, and made the move to where I wonder in a situation where they needed some momentum and maybe a and maybe a jolt they they don't move him up right after the the uh um right after the the deadline i mean i've always kind of wondered that mm-hmm. it was funny like we talked before the show i love that he's up and i was i had a lot of i mean we went out to eat last night and made sure to be home before the game started but uh it was one of those the fanfare was high but it wasn't nearly as high as if they were in the race right um and you know that kind of stinks for him but but no i'm glad he's up and i hope he plays every single day yeah i i wonder if I think there would have been an argument depending on how things were going, that if the Cardinals were in the race or in even first place or, you know, playing the way that we expected them to play, that he doesn't get the call up because you want him to play every day. And, 
you know, there's going to be some growing pains, most likely. I mean, you know, he may not, he may struggle the rest of the year. We kind of get that out of the way and be ready for next year. Sure. But you wonder if, if they're needing, you know, regular production that they don't just leave him in Memphis the rest of the year. So this might have been the only way he got called up this year. Uh, yeah, and it, well, and it would have had to been the perfect storm for right. him to call up because I mean, if, I mean, if they're in the race, you you realize what are they willing to unload a shortstop type situation? You know, all all kinds of things have, have to be in play. Yeah, and now with the minor leagues, you know, Memphis runs till almost the end of September. I think you know it's only like a week shorter than the the major league schedule. It's not even a situation where you know you call him up in September and and. It's not a big deal. Um, and maybe they would have. Who, who knows? Uh, I mean, it's a lot of ifs and buts. And uh, I really wish we were in that universe, too. So the Cardinals would be competing. But yes. um, but they're not. And it's and it's fun to see him get that call up and, you know, everything that goes around it. Now, I think we do have to, before we get into more of, of maybe Mason Wynn, um, what in the world was Pete Alonzo thinking? I mean, that just, it was, it was so mind boggling that it was like, it couldn't be intentional, but it didn't make any other sense otherwise to be intentional. No, that you put it well. I mean, because I, 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 it was funny. Naturally, I'm not a big Alonzo fan anyway. Mm. And I, and I can't really tell you why other than some just, I don't know. I mean, it's weird, but, uh. You do, you see that and you're like I've never seen anyone do that before. How is that going to be justified? But then the thing is, you hear him afterwards, and yeah. I felt like there was some sincerity in his voice mm-hmm. when he when he apologized. So you know, I really don't know what to think. I mean, my first reaction was what a what a jerk. To now, I'm thinking, well, is he a jerk or is? He- I better not use the word, or is he just a moron? Basically, you know what I mean. I don't. I. I mean, it's it's one of those. I. I really can't figure out. I think, you know. Again, you're right. In the as you're watching it in the moment, and I'm you know watching it on Twitter or whatever. Um, you know, it's like what what's he doing? I mean, there's two outs. There's no reason to throw the ball into the stands. You know, and the you know he kind of had that reaction with the the uh, bench on him, and rightfully so the reaction and, you know, Cardinal Skiffs has it out on a, on a Twitter, but, you know, it's just kind of like, Hey, my bad, you know, I know whatever. It just didn't have a necessarily a whole ring of sincerity to him when he was on the field. Uh, even though he'd apologize, you know, apologize, whatever, but yeah, his post game interview, I think, and you think about it. I mean, those guys, they know what first hits mean, right? I mean, they've been there, they've done that. They've had it in their own lives and to, go and really try to ruin somebody else's. I mean, you have to be like a heel on the top levels, right. To, to do something like that. So I really, and I really do think that, you know, it sounded like he said, you know, Hey, the umpire said, we're going to switch this ball out and didn't say why necessarily. So he's like, Oh, okay. I'll get rid of, you know, do whatever. And, you know, is Pete Alonso not as quite as aware as you would like? probably you know it does this look good on him no does this go along with being a big strong man maybe um but it's 
it's not intentional. That said, I don't think there's any reason that people can't boo the heck out of him today. I agree. <laughs> and that kind of thing. Um, and I, I agree. I don't, I don't, I don't dislike Pete Alonso for the most part, but I wouldn't say he's, you know, a, a big fan or anything. He does. You're right. He comes off strange. Um, maybe slightly too intense at times. Maybe, I don't know. He just doesn't seem to fit the moment at times. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, we could ask Stubby Clap what they, what he thinks of him. I don't, I don't know, but you know, it's just, it's weird. Um, and I know Mets fans are, I'm sure big Alonzo and they should be. I mean, he's been quite a, a benefit to their team. So I, I get that. Um, just not one that's ever clicked over in St. Louis at all. And yeah. then this will definitely do it. So it was, it was weird, but if Mason Wynn was never going to forget his first hit anyway, yeah. he's never going to forget it now. Yeah. Just, <laughs> you always think that will the cloud the entire circumstance from now on though or maybe that's better i don't know yeah I mean, he got the ball back i think that's the biggest yeah that's true that which is true you know if he didn't get the ball back it would be frustrating and disappointing i mean yeah he's still a major leaguer yeah maybe he gets the ball from his second hit <laughs> he, he has a yeah. story to tell but i think it would it would cloud a little bit but when you've when no harm was done in the long run um, because he got the ball back and apparently signed a ball for the girl that had it um, tossed to her, um, you know, got to, you know, have that interaction. I think it's just, it's a good story. And, you know, I think that Mason Wynn's going to have, I think he's got a really good career. I, I, I do. And maybe we'll see. I, I'm no prospect guy. Um, and, even the best don't necessarily know how the future is going to go, but even if he doesn't, he's he's already got stories to tell, um, yeah. and, and that's always a fun thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just what an eventful night that you were just hoping, hey, big hit, they get a win, get a little momentum, and then this happens. Yep, yep, yep. it's a uh, it was, and then you know the game was not. Uh, yeah, he won't remember. He won't want to remember the game for sure. Um, and he may remember, I tell you, you know, I wrote it at Substack yesterday and I hate to put this kind of thing on him, um, cause it's not fair, but I, I don't remember a shortstop, especially a Cardinal shortstop that I've been that excited about since Ozzy. Right. I mean, sure. he's got, he's got some, he's got something that still, it just reminds you, I mean, the defense is there. The personality is there a bit, you know, I, I'm not saying he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be a hall of famer and, you know, a legendary guy, but I think we're going to have a lot of fun with Mason Wynn over the next few years. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, it's, uh, you even look back and was, was Delvin Perez the last shortstop prospect that you remember that you knew was that, that you kind of knew, I don't know how to word it. I think that that he's the highest before win, wouldn't you think? And then before that, I don't know if I remember anyone. So this is big for a shortstop, that, or for a shortstop for a position that means so much in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. And there's 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 somewhat of an element of like the youth movement coming with with Win Walker Burleson. For you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people from that, those same couple of drafts 
that are that are playing a lot right now for the big league club. Now, some obviously with Burleson, it kind of feels like the uh, you know they can't find the fit yet, but it, it does seem like there's a youth movement here, and there's a youth movement with a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah, I've I've said that you put Win and you put Walker, and then you know maybe in a year or so you get Victor Scott too on that yeah. team. There's a bunch of personality if they'll let them use it, and I think I think that they will. Um, so that should be fun. Um, but yeah, you're right. There is it's there is a lot of youth that is on this team, and and some of that some of that youth is still just not fully developed, right? I mean, you know, we we talk about Dylan Carlson and and all that he's been through and, and what he's going to be and all that, but you know, he 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 premiered in 2020, right? I mean, it's he's still what 24 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Even even Tyler O'Neill, who's been around for a long time, is is 26, I think, right? 26. Yeah. So even the guys that have been around a long time are still young. I mean, without, I mean, obviously Adam Wainwright skews the. The, the scales a little bit and the pitching staff, maybe, um, you know, and Goldschmidt and Arenado are a little bit older, but there's, a, there's a lot of youth there. And if they can, you know, get the pitching next year to put this team together, it could be good for a quite a long time again. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, it's, it's what we've talked about all year, right? This isn't, this is not a teardown situation because this isn't a situation that looks like it's going to extend for many a year. This just looks like a, you know, a dip in the road. No, yeah, I completely agree. And then you look at the lineup, That's there, there will be some position battles and there will be maybe some overages situation there they're going to have to uh, to, to take care of. But other than that, you can see a situation where you go and get three arms like they say they're going to, two at minimum. Mm-hmm. You'll probably compete next year, I would think. And I think you could do it with a rookie shortstop every day. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Oh, by the way, I don't think it's any, well, I take that back. Half the half their outfielders are hurt, but I was going to say the opening lineup. You realize that Edmund moved to center field. I think that that may be something we see a lot. Could be, could be, which is you know another wrinkle in the whole thing that um, yeah. you know we'll have to figure out. And that and obviously it's going to play a role in this winter because they've got to figure out the middle of the field. They got to figure out the outfield, and they yeah. got to find out that you know they need four guys in the outfield three that are going to start and one that's basically a fairly good regular and, you know, stick with it to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. That's and you know, a lot of that may be performance. Some of it may be injury this year. It's still just, you know, something needs to be done. Yeah. Well, and the, you you brought it up. So let's go ahead and talk over to that. We make it back to win because I have a feeling we'll be talking about makes a win for a long time. Um, John Mosaic does come out this week and says, hey, we're shopping for three starters. Um, whether that's free agent, whether that's trade, whatever. Um, we knew they needed pitching. We knew they needed at least two. They've kind of mentioned needing two before. Are you surprised that they have been so open with what they need to do? Because that sets a standard, right? Sure. You know, if they oh, go yeah. out and just get one starter – it's hard for them to spin. We had a successful off season when you've set the bar at, Hey, we need three. Um, so are you surprised that they haven't, they haven't had a little bit more vague or, you know, couching um, terminology? Uh, you know, there are several things. I'm glad you brought it up like that. 
There are several things that Mo has done throughout this season that I've been impressed with. And I know that's tough to say right now, especially as much as he's getting beat up. But you talk about stepping out of his comfort zone. They've mm-hmm. said they've done things this year that we've never would have imagined the last five years. And a lot of that is playing their hands early. Now, obviously, this is the glaring need, and everybody around baseball knows this. But to say that and kind of maybe even lose a little bit of leverage, per se, in some of these situations, I I, I commend him for being as upfront as he is about this. Um, and, you know, he's right. Because I think that they're going to – I think that means that they're going to be players in the trade market. I think they try to do as much as they can at the deadline. And they're going to be extremely active in the offseason trying to improve that. But you're right. It, I, I thought about that right when it was reported. I was like, this is like a different guy talking here because that's stuff that we had not seen recently. I do think, yeah, and I, I agree. And I, I think that, I mean, obviously if this was a normal year, they don't do that, right? I mean, they're not, but I think some of this really is to, I don't want to say it like negatively, but it, it's going to, this kind of season is going to impact sales for next year, right? Or people sure. that are interested in next year or, whatever and and especially at a time when they're probably starting to call around about season ticket renewals they need to have an answer for somebody that says why should i redo for this <laughs> you know I, this was a miserable experience this year why should i sign up for more of it and i think they've got to say hey look we've got mason Wynn that's going to be here all next year you know that's going to be fun and hey we're going to be better because we're going to sign we are going to sign or we are going to get pitching. Um, and so to be, I, I am still a little surprised that they were so specific about it, but I mean, I think that's part of it is, is assuring people this isn't because everybody says, well, you know, the Cardinals won't spend, the Cardinals won't do this. The Cardinals won't do that. And they haven't because they've never needed to, but they've obviously gotten to the spot where that, that, shook some people loose i think to some degree when you see this kind of thing you know you can't do that again you know if the cardinals had come in second this year seven or eight games out behind the brewers you know you could have easily said well you know we're we're, we're replacing wainwright you know he struggled and we've had injuries and blah blah you know just natural natural regression will be better next year and we'll cut that up you can't yeah. say that with what they've got. And, and I think it's, I think you're right. It's commendable that they've recognized that and are being so open about the fact that this is going to be different. And, you know, now we have to see if they, if they hold up to their word, but you know, the front office typically does, they just don't typically put a high standard out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it, it. You're exactly right. And that's, have we are we past that the season ticket holder meeting where they actually are, are that's one of the ones which Ward kind of starts leaking out that Mo was pretty is usually pretty candid. Mm-hmm. I, it's usually late to the year. I can't remember if we've been to it or not, but but that's that's kind of how he's it. approached it. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, and I I feel like I don't think I've heard anything about it, but it's got to be coming soon. But you're right; it's almost like he's putting what he would put out there into the public so that you know. Because he may figure the, student, the season ticket holders may not show up this year. I don't yeah. know. Um, it's always a possibility, I guess. But um, it is interesting. And I think now it's also going to be interesting what pools they play in, right? I mean, 
you could go get three pitchers, but if all three yeah. of them are just slightly better than Dakota Hudson or Matthew Libertor or somebody like that, that doesn't, I mean, it helps, but it doesn't help you a lot, right? I mean, you've got to get quality pitchers in here. Um, do you think we will hear anything before, before the end of the year about where payroll will be? I mean, cause what last year, you know, they said payroll was going to go up and then it did by like three cents. Um, <laughs> we knew that was coming. <laughs> do you think they'll be more likely to say, you know, this payroll will probably have a record setting payroll or this is going to increase or, or something like that. And do you think they'll be open like that? Or are they going to hold that to themselves? I would, someone's going to ask, mm-hmm. you know, and right. it, you, you would think that they'll be inclined to say something. One, I, that's one that I wonder how much they're going to be willing to, uh, play their hand i mean because if they're going to be in the middle in the middle of snow park which we both think they should or Mm -hmm. have to Mm -hmm. it's going to be substantial and uh you know they could always give the clue of hey yeah it's going up but you know it's got to go up (laughs) up up. not just due to you know normal you know off-season movement yeah because you're losing from the way they from the way they look at things right because they put all of adam wainwright's salary in this year even though some of it was deferred. So next year, you know, there's 17 and a half right there. Um, and I know there's got to be more rolling off. You know, I don't know how Goldschmidt and Arenado's contracts and all that stuff. And you've got arbitration. I mean, there's, you know, but there, there will be money even just there, even if, but you've got to, you've got to make a significant commitment, I think. And, and you're right. They need to be in that, top of the, I mean, not the Otani because that's just not going to happen, but anybody else they need to be at least talking with. Sure. They, I would think that they need to be involved in just about everybody. And you probably need to be, uh, on that, um, on that verge of being the team that you worry about, uh, when's the off season. You know what I mean? We've talked about it on the show a lot. Mo talks about it. I had talked about it several times during the past two off seasons, but it's one of those where you're going to go and make a move and you have to do big moves. And, you know, whether that narrative still is out there, the, Hey, those teams that, you know, bring in the most money, I mean, I, the Mets, which I want to get to later, I couldn't respond to some of those respond or some of our uh, show responses on Twitter earlier this week. But, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, I mean, those things happen, but I think that they're going to have to be involved in every big name possible be a, free agency and trade market. Yeah. And you know, they have the assets to be able to do a lot on the trade market. It just depends on who's available and what the interest is. And yeah, you know, cause we talked a little bit about that at the trade deadline. Um, it's just there, you know, there's, there's a bigger market, there's a bigger pool to, to work with um, in the off season. Um, and some, I mean, if Tyler O'Neill plays and it's healthy all year long, that's got to raise his value, right? I mean, sure. Um, it may not bring it to where it has been a couple of years ago, but it's still going to raise it up from where it was, you know, at the trade deadline. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I'm very interested. To, I think that we've talked to, you know, we often say, Hey, this could be a big, big, uh, big winner. And, you know, they, sign somebody and that's about it right but but yeah. this this feels like 
I don't want to say it's like a 1980 winner where, you know, Whitey traded off like mm. half the team or something like that. Yeah. But it may be one of the more dramatic makeovers, maybe since 95, 96, uh, you know, when they brought in Tony La Russa and brought in a lot of those former A's and, you know, took that team and put them in the playoffs, you know, with some really veteran guys. I don't think I'm necessarily going to look like that, but it may have that kind of sort of turnover. Sure. Where there's not a lot of certainty. And the, uh, I, you're, you've probably seen the passing of the torch from Arnold Goldschmidt to, to win Walker in some fashion. Um, and that, I mean, I don't, I, I mean that more as a, I was in some of the guys have probably had their chances at this point. You know, I think O'Neill's one to watch. I think they're in love with Newbar, so mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to going to much is going to happen there. Edmund Gorman, Donovan are going to be in the works. You know, type situation. The guys that have been here for a while, Donovan, of course, two years, and Gorman. We just heard that name forever. Right. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I agree with you. I think that I think that's going to be fairly exciting. I think that uh, there's going to be quite a bit of turnover, and I, I think there's some egg on their face this year that I think they're going to try to to uh to overcome quickly yeah i you know i think it sounds like some of the reports that we've gotten that the some in the front office whether that's mo whether that's gershon flores whether that's just you know staff i don't know have been trying to get bill dewitt to change the idea of how they approach pitching you know both financially and with and and to some degree that ties into strikeout rates, right? Because strikeout people yeah. are more expensive. And I think you can make an argument, a real logical argument, for a long period of time, but until you see something like this, um, you know, maybe somebody's like, okay, well, that's interesting, but I don't think we necessarily need to shift. And yeah. then now it's like, yeah, we need to shift. And so once that damn breaks, all of a sudden you do a lot of activity or a lot of stuff that's kind of out of character because you're setting a new character. No. Yeah. I mean, and you know what, and you hit the nail on the head because this is one of those things that we've seen in their last few playoff runs to where their inability to strike people out just hurts them. Mm -hmm. And we've seen it. And now you see what's happened through the whole season of how it's hurt, how it's hurt them. And they're going to have to go out and they're going to have to get big arms that can strike people out on the regular because that's how you win. And I think that model has been formed. And I think that I think there was a, a shift in ideology that you could probably get away with it and just get hot at the right time. And they may have set the standard on that, you know, in 2011 of, hey, it can happen. But as we've seen, that's the big, that's a very big outlier right. of you need to go in there and have somebody that can miss bats one way or the other. And that's that's what's going to be a run. And now it's shown that where they thought that they could get by with it, not just a playoff run. They were booted from the playoffs several times, and now they they have a chance to finish under 500. And that's, you know, things you just haven't seen around here. Um, I think that you're going to have to get, do a uh, complete overhaul of your ideology of how to build a pitching staff. And you're right. I mean, that, that starts with a checkbook, unfortunately. Well, I mean, you go back to 2011. I mean, you had Carpenter, right, who was striking guys out. And, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, Ever since then, you know, ever since Carpenter, you know, got hurt the next year and then it was done, you know, Wainwright's got the potential to strike people. I mean, with the curveball and stuff like that, but that's not, 
necessarily his full game. You know, he's obviously a you know, and especially nowadays, um, relying on his defense. Um, and they haven't had those guys. And you know, again, it worked to some degree. Sure. Um, but it's obviously obviously the game is changing, and you know when you don't have five gold gloves behind you, it's a little harder for that kind of thing to work. And we've definitely seen this year, they don't have five gold gloves behind them. So, um, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be pretty fascinating. Um, where do you think, and this it's hard to tell, I guess, but it was an interesting, the thoughts that something came up when I was reading some things this week, where, if things go the way they should, should Miles Michaelis be in the rotation next year? I mean, right now he's the number one, somewhat by default, right? Um, he's the only guy that's left healthy. Um, yeah. If they do what we think they should do, I'm not saying he's not going to be the opening day starter because of sentiment, but although I would be surprised, but where should he, like, talent-wise fit into a rotation. Oh, man. I'm a big Michaelis fan, so this is tough for me. But uh, you know what? I feel if I was to build a pitching staff up, I feel like you could go big one and two strikeout guy if you Mm -hmm. can find him, you know, the whiff rate's high. And then I think Michaelis is just about a perfect for a three. Yeah. Um, You know, and that's probably the, the top end. I'm a big – I feel like he is the guy the – re, the reason I say that is I feel like he is the guy that can probably give you seven or eight on a push night and save your bullpen after possibly needing him for the first two of a big series. Um, and, and, and that's valuable because when he's on, boy, when he's on and healthy, he's a ground ball machine. And I, and I think it's, it, it's extremely fun to watch. Um, and that's where I would kind of slide him in at that point because then that gets you a bullpen saver for the middle of a rotation – for whatever that means in a, you know, in a midweek series in a, you know, pre-travel day type situation. I, that That's how I would do it. I, I think I agree with that for sure. Um, you, you, you're in good shape if Michaelis is your three. Um, because he's going to be a better three than a lot of threes, I think. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I hope that's the way when they're adding three pitchers, I hope they're adding two in front of him and then, one that's kind of that back end, you know, veteran that, you know, if things go badly, that you can get rid of or something like that. I mean, and I don't know who those guys are necessarily. I mean, the veteran guy is probably not too hard to find when you go scrolling through the, you know, the list. I mean, you know, like Syndergaard's out there if you wanted to try to take a gamble on him, although he's been pretty bad this year. Um, and Tyler Molly or something like that. But, you know, getting the top end guys, that's going to be the, that's going to be the key. If you don't, if they only get two starters this winter, but they're the top two starters, they're going to be in much better shape. Yeah. 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 That's, and it's, it's one of those that you, and I wish I could make a list of who it is, because, but Nola to me just stands out it, it, is, is so big for them just because what I've seen him do to them in person. You know, and you're just like, man, he's pretty talented. Uh, the uh, by that regard, we should sign Kyle Hendricks. It's a good point. I mean, that's <laughs> it's one of those. You're just like, uh, 
these guys that just dominate them. The uh, but that just name stands out. Yeah, and you know, yeah. I, and I'm a Blake Snell guy too. I feel like you got to get one of them. I mean, yeah. that's it's one of those, and I think there's there may be some big names on the market that we don't realize. Uh, but I mean, you just I think you have to have the big overhaul, and I think you have to be. I think you have to make headlines with what you do. I have seen some information and I don't, you know, just in passing, so I couldn't get to it where some of Nola's stuff is starting to decline. Um, you know, some of the velocities and things like that. Um, so that might be a, 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 a hesitation, but you know, he's still pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's sometimes, you know, Go ahead. I'm gonna say no, no, I, I'm go gonna ruffle a lot of feathers. I mean, how many times have we heard that about Scherzer and Verlander yeah. though? And that's the thing is, I understand those are Hall of Fame guys, but sometimes guys have it, and some people don't. And I know there's going to be a faction of people that listen to us that think that's just not true. But man, some people are competitors and some aren't, and they can stay around and do it. I mean, that's just that's that's just how I feel. Yeah, and I will say some of his some of his numbers look pretty similar to you know, the last couple of years and some of his numbers could easily do a bounce back. I mean, he's only 30 this year, so yeah, it's not, assuming there's no health issues. And I mean, he's got a chase rate in the 95th percentile and that's, that's kind of what they're looking for right now. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not saying they shouldn't pursue him or anything. I, that's just, there's a little bit of hesitancy about what that's going to look like. Sure. Um, in that card, but you know anybody that they go out and sign right now, any of those big name pitchers. I mean, we've seen it, right? I mean, that you sign a big name pitcher with the idea that you're probably going to miss a year out of that guy. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons they didn't sign Scherzer when he went to Washington. Was I think they were afraid, you know, besides the price tag, they were afraid of the injury. Now he went out and was, you know, perfectly healthy. I mean, Max Scherzer's a freak. Um, and the Cardinals have admitted they missed on that. Um, but uh, I think that, you know, we've got to be prepared for the Cardinals to go spend and they blow up on them a little bit. Sure. Um, because we've talked about it so number of times this year. Like, right, if they had signed Rondon or what, half those other guys that were out there, they were hurt for a lot. Of, you know, Quintana is just now – you know, he made his start against the Cardinals this week. It's like the fifth start he's made of the year, right? I mean, even yeah. guys like that, that, you know, if they had signed them, I'd signed them, they wouldn't necessarily have changed the season because they might have sat it hurt. So I think we have to prepare ourselves that, you know, hopefully not, hopefully whoever they sign won't get hurt, you know, immediately. But it's somewhere on that contract, we're going to be like, man, we're paying $25, 30000000 million for this guy to sit on the, on the, uh, injured list i mean we're sure. not thankfully because i don't have that kind of money but um i just think as fans we gotta you know we want the big signings and they need the big signings we also have to realize this there's downsides to the big signings yeah no yeah i no, i completely agree i and i think that i think that as fans we 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 also and i think that i think the club does this as well mm-hmm. maybe over analyzes some of these guys we yeah. don't know any of the details behind this right. but we do know he was available because he was a traded, but all I ever heard was, "Man, Pablo Lopez is not that good. He's just like what they have, mm-hmm. and he was an all star." Yep. And it's one of those things where you're just like, "Okay, how much better?" I'm not saying they would have won, but he would have been a heck of a lot better than what they have right now. 
Right. And I feel like that sometimes we're just like, oh, no, that's, you know, look at this number and this number and this number. And we discount a lot of those things. And I look and I laughed all season to where he was the most valuable guy on the Twins roster and he was in the and made the all-star team. Yep. And struck out almost 200 people. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that's, fair. that's yeah, that's fair. And I, you know, honestly, this this off season and the pitching issue was set in motion years ago, right? Because yeah, oh yes, yeah. I mean, that's and we've talked about it a lot of times. Other people talk about it. You know, I have I have less trouble faulting them for not signing somebody this winter because of the fact they had five guys under contract that were going to be starters that they couldn't sit in the minors. Right. I mean, they, I mean, in theory, you could have moved somebody to the bullpen. I mean, we saw them do that with Matt's when he was ineffective, but I don't, you know, I don't think you go into the season planning for that. And if you're signing a free agent pitcher they're you know, and say, Hey, we're going to sign you this job. You know, if you're going to sign a guy that's not, that's willing to come in and compete for a spot, he's a sixth starter or something like that. He's not, you know, the top of the top lineup guy that you want. If you're signing a, a Rondon, you've got to have a spot for him. And the Cardinals weren't willing to eat money to make that happen, which, you know, argue that or what you may. I don't think that a lot of teams would have just said, hey, you know, we're ditching you because reasons. Um, but the problem becomes, hey, you sign a Stephen Matz for a four-year deal. Um, you know, you you know, bring back Adam Wainwright, which, uh, you know, what are you going to do? But, you know, still that might've been a spot they were expecting to have. And they didn't, um, you know, Miles Michaelis has that contract extension and you get to the point where all of a sudden you've tied up all your spots. And I don't, I think they would like to not do that. That's kind of why I'm a little bit surprised. They're talking about three starters because I kind of thought they would want that fifth starter spot to be, Libertor or Thompson or somebody that they could send to the minors or rotate somebody in without much trouble. Yeah. Um, which I mean, again, if Steven Matt struggles, they can send him to the bullpen. They know that now, but, um, and they're going to need depth because there's going to be injuries, but I'm just a little bit surprised that they aren't leaving that fifth spot spot with a little bit more flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I thought about that as well. And then you, you immediately want to think, well, have they lost faith in some of these guys are mm-hmm. at this point and they're moving on and you know, I don't know, but, but I did, th- I, I, one, I have a feeling that it's more of those, we're going to bring in as much high quality as we can in these three arms. And then we're going to figure it out from there because they think that they're going to need probably seven or eight stars throughout the year, you know, type situation. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's going to be, it's interesting. Like I said, I was, I, it, it kind of got my blood pumping a little bit whenever whenever Moe came out and said that because I was like, well, they follow through on this wish. Now, some are going to be underwhelming. Some, you know, could be a shot in the dark. But at least they're going to move on some stuff and they completely have, have owned what they what they feel like they screwed up on in this offseason. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's curious. I'm curious. I mean, it's it, I wondered about those bringing in three, if that, if that means that we may see some of their high-end guys that uh, – that we're in the system pre-trade deadline may move on at this point, you know, type mm-hmm. situations. I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think you're right. I think you're, I think there's a lot of signs pointing to this being a very extremely active off season. And it may mean more about guys going out than coming in. Yeah. And I think they're continuing to get data on that because that kind of transitioned a little bit, you know, we said we weren't going to talk about next year and here we spent a lot of time talking about next year. Um, we saw this week, we saw Zach Thompson. We have seen Zach Thompson pitch 
much better since he came to the major leagues that he pitches in the minor leagues, right? And they've moved him into the starting rotation when Steven Matz went into the went on the injured list, and Matz is pretty much done for the year. Um, we saw a good outing out of him last night. Um, of course, we did not see such a good outing out of Matthew Liebertor this time around after after yeah. being so good about the, the race. But I'll put that aside. Let's touch look at Thompson first. Are you surprised at how well he's done given how his season had gone up to this point? Yeah. I. Do you ever feel like, I don't know how to say this. It, it's one of those, do you ever feel like your opinion on, on each arm, each each guy that they bring up, maybe even me, position player too, is established by kind of how they, how they handle them. Like, yeah, that's, yeah you, that's fair. You know what I mean? Like, you're just like, well, you know, he wasn't up earlier, this and this and this. Is he not very good? You know, what's the situation? And then with Thompson, I'm like, I feel like he's pretty good to be handled the way that he was. Now, do I, do I, I can't completely wrap my eye, uh, mind around what he might be. Um, but it, it's just strange. And, and you think, God, he was one of those guys that, that the Cardinals, I feel like are notorious for this, of pigeonholing guys into the bullpen way too early. Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought of him. I, you know, I was like, oh, wait, he did, he did well. He's going to be a, uh, he's going to be their specialist lefty, the guy, the multiple inning guy. They're going to start moving to that more because of the, uh, um, because of the, you know, the, the full inning rule, you know, the three batter rule, basically. Yeah, I don't know. So it, it, I wonder why it's taken so long to get him this, um, get him this chance, you know, basically mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. <laughs> Long winded way of saying that. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to look. I don't remember his minor league numbers being all that impressive as a starter. I mean, they were fine, but nothing like he was immediately going to be moved up. So when they put him in the bullpen and he was so good, I was like, okay, this is hey, you're getting value out of this pick. That's, that's yeah. great. Um, so when they sit him back down again, when he was doing well this year and they sent him back down to start and he was just, terrible i honestly wasn't sure if they hadn't broken him a little bit you know i um so for him to come up and not only you know you know start out the bullpen and and look good immediately but then to you know have those extended runs you know sometimes it's just and and we've heard this with steven matz right it's a confidence thing and once you start having success in the big leagues you've got the confidence that you can continue to do that and Maybe that's what Thompson needed. Maybe he just, or, you know, maybe he's just hitting a, a good stretch at a good time, but um, it's been, it's been nice to see the results that we've seen out of him. Yeah. 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 It's uh, maybe the best of the bunch so far. You know, I know that the Libertor had the, uh, the, uh, um, the outlier start and looked good. Uh, the uh, Thompson is, I, I felt like has been, has looked really good. Um, you know, Hudson's been Hudson. You're probably going to have the ups and downs of that. Uh, but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, that's the, his starts are some of the, 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 the better to watch at this point. Yeah. It's remarkable what this team is right now. And though, I mean, you, you start talking about, Hey, okay. Right now the rotation has three arms in it that weren't there at the beginning of the year. Um, Half the starting lineup, I think, was in Memphis at the at some. Well, the game at by the end of the game last night, I think the only two people that hadn't been in Memphis were like Contreras and Arenado or something like that. I don't remember. You know, Arenado was out by that time too. I don't know who it was, but it's on the tweet. Um, 
you know, we've seen a rash of people go on the injured list. And I don't know. I mean, yeah, there's injuries there. I mean, I'm not saying they're not hurt, obviously, but it's, I wonder if some of those they would have, like, I don't think Lars Newtbar goes on the injured list if they're in the race sure. this week. I mean, obviously yeah. that was a tough thing. I mean, you know, even the day after the, you know, he's at the, he's in the clubhouse, he's moving around. He seems says he's fine. You know, it might take an extra day or so, but that was a way to get Mason win on the roster. So they put him on the injured list. You know, I, I wonder if there's some of that because there's we've had what four or five guys go on the injured list in the last well since the trading deadline. I mean, this team has really kind of you know had some new faces because of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it looks like a team that's been out of the race for a while. You yeah. know, I know that sounds dumb because that's the situation that they're in, mm-hmm. but um, the. Uh, it, I, yeah, it, it's one of those to where you're just like, hey, listen, you, you you've worn it a little bit this year. Get some rest, come back. Let's finish strong and and let's 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 move ahead and and move into our off season mode. As bad as that sounds, being at the end of August, I think you can kind of start looking at that. Um, the uh, yeah yeah, I've I've wondered that myself. And then it, you know what the Cardinals have done this year that that I felt like you did you haven't seen a lot in the past. The guys that get injured and go back out and they have to come get them the next inning. You've yeah. seen that a bunch. Like, you know, when Contreras was was hitting the head that inning, they pinched it for him after he finished the uh, yeah. the inning as a catcher. I don't, yeah. I I've don't, seen it four or five times, and I was like, I don't know if I remember seeing that that often. I don't know. I mean, that is a weird weird thing. I, had, I, I hadn't thought about it, but you're right. I, I know what you're talking about. Um, well, Newbar was clearly hurt. After hitting the ball off his off his uh, shin that day, mm-hmm. it was limping around down to first and whatnot, and and then they come out and get him after an out's made in the outfield. Uh, there, where was it? There was another one. There was a uh, is a middle infield. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. trying to think what it was, and you're just like, what? just make the move. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's I don't know, it's crazy. Yeah, and I mean, and it's, some of that's probably listening to the player who thinks sure. they can do it. You know, it's like, hey, once I get out there, I'll be fine. And then they get out there and they're not fine. Um, some of that, I don't know. Some of that may be just not wanting to make a call. And that's, I don't, I don't feel it. Only Marmol has his faults. So there's no doubt about that. I mean, everybody does. Um, but I don't feel like not making a call is one of them, right? I mean, he may make yeah. the wrong call, but... I, I feel like he's been decisive enough. In sure. This. So, and admits when he's wrong. Yeah. You um, know, so yeah. Uh, so I I wonder if that's not more of the, you know, the training staff doing some part, but if it's kind of one of those you know questionable things like the player says, I I can do, I think I can do this, or let me at least try this, and then they do, and then realize that no, that's not as good as we thought. Um, I I don't know, I don't know what that's about, but. Um, speaking of not so, okay, so we've talked about the young guys, all that kind of stuff. We talked about injured guys. Now we talk about the old guy, um, Adam Wainwright. You know, we had it was rough watching Adam Wainwright against the Royals. You know, before we recorded this show last time, um, he came back against the Mets, which is granted not necessarily the best, but they're still better than the Royals lineup would be. And pitched pretty well. 
Um, unfortunately, the offense didn't show up for him, which is the other thing. I think that's at least two or three of the starts this year where he's pitched well enough that if he got some run support, he'd probably have his 200 wins by now. Yeah. Um, but he didn't throw a bullpen between game between outings. And I think we talked about it last time where he might just need more rest because, you know, he came off the injured list and pitched a good start or two, and then it started to, to slide. Do you think we might, I mean, I assume he's not going to throw bullpens the rest of the year. Yeah, I wouldn't think starts. so. Do you yeah. think we'll see some times where they try to, they try to give him an extra day somewhere along the way, like maybe some sort of spot start in between, or, I mean, I'm sure they're, they probably are going to, I assume Marmol does what Schilt and I assume Matheny and I know Tony LaRusso did, you know, plot your starters out for at least a month in advance, see where they match up. And I yeah. got to feel like they're planning for Adam Wainwright on the, at least the last homestand, if not the last game at home, sure. uh, which I need to see when that is in September. But anyway, um, do you think they'll try to, you know, work him in a little bit extra, little, little bit more rest here and there um, and see if that helps him out. Mm, yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I'm torn because I wonder if it's one of those situations like, Hey, just run out when you want to. And let's just, let's try to get this done, you know, type, mm-hmm. type mindset. I don't know. Yeah, it was definitely better. I, I wasn't able to watch much of Thursday night due to a school event, but I was following online and I was thinking, well, <clears throat> he's still in the game, which is a benefit. Yeah. You know what I mean? One of those type of situations to see that it was, it was close into the sixth and, and he pitched extremely well. Like, I mean, I was glad to see it. Um, really glad to see it, honestly, because the last, the two previous starts were just so, so rough three actually, but, um, but yeah, you know, that's a great question. And the handling of that and some of the veterans down the stretch, I think they are going to go hand in hand. I mean, I think there's, just like we previously talked about, I mean, some of the injuries of, Hey, just rest up, you know, get, get ready, get your reps. And, and here we go to, Hey, let's see if we can't push this 200. Cause this may be our uh, shining moment for the year. You know, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I'm let's see how he uh, rebounds and, and we'll see what we hear, but yeah, I wouldn't think another bullpen zone. Yeah. I think the calendar may help out. The Cardinals have an off day on the 24th. They have an off day on the 31st and getting into September. They have an off day on they have an off day on Labor Day. What the heck? Um, the schedule's been terrible, by the yeah, way. It, it has been. Um, and then an off day on the 14th. And then another one on the 25th, but there's a little bit of stretch there. I think there's enough chances that, you know, in the past, when things were going well, Wainwright wanted to go every fifth day, no matter, right? So they'd shuffle, shuffle things around. I think if they just re- keep running their normal five-man rotation here, He's going to get those extra days. You know, he's going to have a number of days where he's going to go get an extra day of rest anyway with the off days. Um, so that may help as well. Um, I don't know how this how things work out necessarily, but you know, he's going to, his next game is going to be a bit against the Pittsburgh Pirates in Pittsburgh, um, which again not a strong team. So maybe that works out. Um, he probably has to face the Phillies or Padres next, but. They probably schedule it for he's facing the Padres at home. Um, there's also he might have to face. Uh, hopefully, he didn't have to. Uh, uh, they, I, I'm just kind of looking at this. He might have to face the Braves in Atlanta, which on one side is not great for him, obviously. Yeah, but on the other, 
He's a Georgia boy that came up with, oh, the, you know, I mean, how do you yeah. not let him make that start? You know, just sentimental symmetry reasons at the end of his career. Um, you know, the, the rest of that, the rest of that September, that lineup is not as, I mean, it's the Reds, the Orioles, the Phillies, the Brewers, the Padres, the Brewers, the Reds. So he's going to have to face some, some good teams in that, but maybe with the extra time off, I, I just, it's going to be frustrating if he ends at 198 or 199, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, yes. but no, I agree. Um, I mean, it's not going to f- affect how he is in Cardinal history or anything like yeah. that, but you know, it's like, man, if he just, but then again, I mean, you know, look, if he doesn't miss all of 2011, if he doesn't miss most of 2015, you know, he's got probably maybe working on 230, 240 wins. Right. I mean, yeah. so, uh, which is frustrating because then, you know, that's, that's when you're getting into hall of fame can talk. Um, and Adam Wainwright's just been, he's been good in but he's had an interesting career. Hasn't he? I Yo, mean, extremely. you know, those significant injuries coming up as, a, you know, you know, his main signature moments, on the national stage or as a reliever in the early part of his career, um, you know, getting denied the Cy Young a couple of times, the, the person that has the most Cy Young votes, I think without winning the Cy Young, yeah. um, you know, almost, you know, everybody thinking he's done in 2018 and then to come back. Uh, it's, it's an interesting road for Adam Wainwright. And, and if you say he's a hall of famer, I would, I could agree with that. If you say he's not, I could agree with that as well. I think it's it's one of the more interesting careers that you've got out there. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it it is. Uh, I've thought about that recently, saying that that it's kind of the end of of the things that he has gone through. You know, mm-hmm. two major injuries. One, you know, just the freak. It, one injury at the plate. You know, type situation. Yeah. It is. Uh, I don't know. It, it it's. Well, I mean, it's a run now. It, it in retrospect, it, it's fun to sit back and watch. And and as much as I love Wayne, Wayne Wright, he's always frustrated me. But I kind of feel guilty about ever being frustrated by him <laughs> because he's such a good dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, I don't. It, it it's it's very strange. Um. Uh. It it's. I'm trying to look something up real quick because I'm just curious to see some numbers because I have always, uh, I've always thought that Carpenter and Wainwright hurt each other in the Cy Young boat one year. Yeah. They kind of split it and, and then Linscombe won. Yeah. And you know, Linscombe who's been out of the game is, you know, he's, he's almost three years younger than Wainwright. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's maybe surprising to none, but I'm just, yeah. I mean, that yeah, that was kind of crazy how it, it, he was the top of the game for, you know, just a short period of time and then he's out, you know, yeah. so pretty crazy. Because I'm so yeah. young wonder though, but I, I do think that I, that hurt them a little bit. Yeah, it probably did. I mean, it's, yeah. like I say, it's very interesting. I mean, Adam Wainwright is a guy that, you know, I love and it's a huge success, but I also think there's so many games you could think of where Adam, he just blew up, right? I mean, I agree. I agree. I've always said that. I said to be in, to be the ace that he is and such a stud, he will throw a clunker more more often than a lot of – well, but we also – I always have to draw back and think. Um, 
we see these guys under a microscope because we we watch and do so much uh, breaking down of the Cardinals, basically. Right, right. I I mean, it would be an interesting thing to do this offseason to compare, you know, how many times Adam Wainwright gave up, you know, five runs in less than five innings or something like that compared to Scherzer or Carpenter or anybody else that might have been in that level. Um, I, you know, because we feel like it's more, um, especially if you factor out like this season. Don't, maybe don't think about this season. But um, because I think about, you know, I think about, you know, what is the one of the biggest, you know, postseason memories of the last little bit is, you know, that rally in Washington. Yes. Where they won the game in, in game five, but you know, he started that game and gave up what five or six runs in the first couple I mean, minutes. The, the funny thing about when you said that, when we were talking about the clunker games, I was thinking about the Bryce Harper home run. I'm dead serious in that game. That's exactly what I was thinking about in the big moment. Yeah. Um, and even he said at the end of the game, well, you know, can't have the big comeback if I don't dig him the hole or something like that, yeah. but, you know, and then you think about the, I mean, the, you know, the other postseason moment that's kind of stuck. There's that, you know, game in the 2013 World Series where the ball drops between him and Yachty, you know, and then yep. just as part of a of a of a rough outing. Um, you know, obviously he's had his great moments, and I, I would be glad to have Adam Wainwright a, a good at you know not maybe not this year Adam Wainwright, but normal Adam Wainwright on a postseason roster and starting a series, and I think that's fine. But um, it's just part of the the flavor of his career that he's not he's been an ace, but he's very rarely necessarily been that just hugely dominant ace. Um, the curveball is working. It's, 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 he's pretty remarkable. There's no doubt. So, um, and we'll see, I, you know, again, hope that he gets those two. Um, hopefully the extra rest helps, but it feels like, especially with, and I know there was some talk going into this Mets game about, you know, this could be his last start. You know, obviously that's quite because he had a good start, but, you know, with Matt's out, with Flaherty and Montgomery traded, I mean, you're pretty much having to do like bullpen game every every week if if you're not starting Adam Wainwright. And if you're doing a bullpen game, you might as well start Adam Wainwright, right? Because I mean, there's a chance it's going to turn into a bullpen game anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's that great point. Yeah, great point. Run him out as much as possible. Yeah, I think so. All right. Anything else from this week or overall that you think we should discuss before we wrap it up this week? Yeah, I do. Uh, okay. I was not able to respond to some Twitter 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 interactions that we had this week, mm. and I want to clarify a point about Wilson Contreras, um, where I don't I do think it looks bad trading a player as much. Some of my ideology comes from the fact that they have the strongest union. And I understand checkbook trumps all, and you said that forever. That's where the Mets were able to overcome that, but you see where where it's gotten them. So I'm sorry, I can't I can't think of it, and I can't search fast enough. But that's where I came up with the Contreras is hard to trade ideology. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that was a discussion we had with uh, Carly Beavis, um, and it was uh, an interesting discussion. I think, and I, and I get that, and I get. There's, there's things on both sides, right? I mean, I think sometimes we as fans, and we talk about this a lot when it comes down to, like, a player doesn't want to play for X. You know, I, I remember hearing that on, I guess it's Cardinals off day this week, um, that 
or, or recently, you know, where it's like a guy's a West Coast guy until the Yankees offer him an extra 20 million, right? I mean, we, we think, oh, these, sure. these extra factors play a lot into it. And so we're saying, as fans, we sit there and say, hey, if I'm a free agent and this free agent just got, you know, dealt like a year later with all sorts of things, maybe I don't want, maybe I'm not as comfortable, maybe I'm not as secure there. Um, but then again, you get an extra five or $10 million and then you yeah. figure you can move if you're not living in St. Louis anyway, or something like that. So I get that, but I also think that, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter at dinner. I mean, they're looking at like, okay, maybe that, that plays a role, but it's also like, Hey, this is a situation that I like. This is a situation, a uh, good fan base, um, a place where I can play, you know, there's a need here. Um, and so maybe it's not as big a thing. Um, but you're right. I, I think that there's a lot of variables in there for sure. Um, but I don't, and I don't think Contreras is going anywhere. I don't think we even said that, you know, I don't think that's. No, no, agreed. But, agreed. Yeah. Um, and there's an argument. I mean, Carly had the point and I think there's a good argument there that if it is a mistake that you cut your losses, that you don't just say, well, this isn't working, but we've, we signed him for five years and we're going to have to do this. You know, I think that there's a strong argument to say, if you can identify that this is a problem, then you need to fix it, whether it looks bad or not. I just don't, I think it has to be a real big problem. And I'm not seeing that that's the case with Contreras yet. Sure. Sure. No, I completely agree. No. And that's, I just, I was, I was busy. I couldn't respond. And I was just like, well, let me, I want to say my piece on this one and not in a, in a controversial way at all. I just, that's where I came up, up with that. I just feel like that's a tough one to move on from. And I think that that, some of the hadn't worked out type deal has kind of subsided a little bit. I mean, it definitely, you know, honestly, Bruce Contreras was hurt some this week. I mean, some DH, but you know, honestly, it may, it's, it's me. I'm not watching the games. I don't have the connection as well. I've noticed that significantly over this, this season as I haven't been able to watch as much, but Contreras just doesn't seem to be one that I think about much. You know, we did obviously did early on when yeah. when all the stuff was going on, and I'm I, I think he's just kind of I'm sure he's just just kind of doing his job, you know, doing sure. well. And and you know, there's been stretch. He's had a stretch recently that's been, you know, one of the better in baseball. But for some reason, maybe it's because of, of everything else, or just you know, when he gets a couple of hits, it's just overshadowed by something else or whatever. It's not a guy I think a lot about, and so. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means anything, but it's just a little bit weird. It's a little bit weird that a guy that was the big off signing, off season signing, isn't more upfront, I guess. But you know, maybe that's maybe it's more me than the the um, marketing slash reporting. But um, that's what it seems like to me. Sure, sure, I can see that. Yeah. All right. Well, we will be back again next week, um, most likely. Uh, I guess if nothing happens, we might, we might take a week off. We'll have to see. Uh, but uh, appreciate y'all listening. Write, write and review if you get a chance. Um, and until next time, for Alan, I'm Daniel. Good night. Uh, thank you, everyone, and good night. Alisea, the second for one, the double play. What a double play by Oscar.
Chelsea.